Hi pals, this has now been rebranded as the Mobile Mentor Podcast, so bear with us through the brand, mind, body, old branding, all content is just as valuable. Welcome to the show. I know I've seen your pictures, I'm like, oh my gosh, this girl, just such like Instagram every time. It's and, like, so funny. When I go home and I see people I haven't seen for a while, they're always like, oh Emma, I just literally like kind of hate slash love like following you on Instagram because I'm like, why am I not doing this? Hello and welcome to the Brand Mind Body Podcast. I'm Alex Blanks. Feed your mind and body right to make yourself into a better brand. Everything is a brand nowadays, even people. What we do, what we say, the choices we make and how we behave. And these shape how we progress through life. So it's time to do some work internally and make ourselves into personal brands we're super proud of. Happy listening. Hi guys, welcome to this week's episode on remote working and how remote working can change your life. I'm with special guest Emma Shimmons today. She's also known as Nomad Emma, and that's her blog name. And she's all about sharing the fruits of remote working. And she's been kind enough to share her time with me doing the same today. So if you're interested in anything to do with remote working, how to get a remote job, um, what a remote working lifestyle can look like, how often she goes home, how she boosts her productivity, then please tune in. It's a very holistic episode. She's with me for an hour and we did a phone call from Bali. So please excuse the sound quality, but... It is an awesome episode and she's awesome. So please subscribe and tune into this episode. So, um, Emma, if you could just tell us a bit about yourself and what your current lifestyle looks like, that'd be great for everyone listening. Yeah, sure. Um, So I run under the brand name of Nomad Emma. um, And at the moment, I have a full-time remote working job, which means that as long as I've got a good internet connection, I can basically work from anywhere in the world. So my partner is also um, doing a similar thing. So we've just been traveling for the past, I think, two and a half years now, um, just working as we move around. And we've explored a lot of Asia, so Thailand, Malaysia, Bali now as well, um, and then also some of Europe. So we can't forget about Europe. We did we spent last summer in Europe, um, in Portugal and Spain, which was amazing. Um, yeah, so I'm just sort of blogging about my travels, about remote working, and I'm really, really passionate about remote working because it's actually basically transformed my life. So I really want to try and encourage more people to venture into that. Um, a lot of people don't think that they can they can do it or they don't have the self-discipline to do it. And I, I really want to make people realise that it's it really is the way forward. So that's basically yeah, it. Sounds it sounds so good. But did you find it hard making that transition? Like when you talked about self-discipline then, was it like, I need to push myself to do it? Or were you already quite like disciplined in your, in your, by nature, I guess? Yeah, I think, I think I'm quite lucky that I'm quite self-disciplined by nature. So even at university I know some of my housemates would be like oh Shimmons you're so like my last name Shimmons Shimmons you're so um you're so good at just like knowing when to stop knowing when to be done enough for the day because that's also an issue obviously when you're working remotely and you haven't got set hours you obviously it's a flexible hour system it's hard to know right I'm done for the day I, I need to go you know go eat go to the gym go rest you know do some socializing it's it there's not such a a barrier between those things so um yeah I think I've always been quite good at that which did help and you and on your blog I've noticed you've kind of started writing like hacks and tools and like tricks to help people combat like if they don't have much discipline and like to get on this kind of road where they can organize their life better 
Is that true? Yeah, yeah, definitely. So I think obviously our phones are like our biggest distraction in life. Um, and in offices either have a policy where you can be, it's all right for you to be on your phone for like a reasonable amount of the time or, you know, phones aren't allowed. They seem to have like a one or the other excuse me scratch strategy and um, obviously if you're just at home or at a cafe or something working and um, it's it's a natural tendency just to check your phone you know check instagram check whatsapp or something and um, so you have to be really really like strict with yourself um I, I found it much easier just not to go on my phone during my working hours so um i just either leave it in the other room or you know just turn it upside down or something and just really stay quite strict unless it is an emergency I just won't won't look at it because yeah it's, it's, a, it's a quite a big problem especially when you're working from home I definitely agree I find it so hard um these days like putting it down because it is part of my work now like working marketing um working in marketing and advertising naturally I'm on it checking for things I save things down that are really cool like ads I've seen or like inspiration for brands and then when I'm on there like posting for like my current job it's like oh I'm kind of like I could switch between my personal account and my work account so it's also knowing now like you have to really be kind of disciplined with yourself because there's like that blurred line between work and leisure time and I just find it really difficult these days yeah no it's definitely an issue I think I I sort of have the same thing where I'm maybe sending out like an email for my job and I do want to check what it looks like on mobile or something so I do go on there but I think it's just it's just people people have a lot more self-discipline I think they realize they just need to sort of tap into it um yeah they have it in them they just don't realize yeah <laughs> like exercising it like the muscle I guess we look at our physical bodies a bit more like this is easy to train but when it comes to mind they're like I just can't do it but actually just like yeah. if, you start, if, you, if you start it like I heard that it takes like 21 days or maybe like 63 days to like start a habit so it's just like putting those tiny things in place and not looking at it as like a massive thing perhaps yeah exactly now we always talk about that at work actually that our brain's like a muscle that we need to train and exercise the same as like your like your muscles in your legs or whatever so it's just like the more you do things the more you step out of your comfort zone the more your brain muscle is like working and it gets used to the new habits or the new scope of what you can achieve and and yeah it's definitely that is correct yeah Awesome. Um, well, we'll get back to your how we can kind of get into our routines and being disciplined with remote working. But first, I want to know from the beginning, like where it all began. So when you decided to kind of make this change, could you tell us like the, the current context of your life? What was going on? What made you think I'm going to change or something wasn't quite right? Like, how did you make that decision on that first leap to become a remote worker? uh yeah sure so actually um I the first job that I went into after university was um into I became a science teacher like a secondary school science teacher and I I did the training like the postgrad training and I did that for a couple of years and while I absolutely loved it because like science is my like favorite subjects what I'd studied and everything and I loved the kids that I was teaching um I did it for a couple of years and then I started to become really unhappy and it was sort of starting to the way that I was feeling about my job and how it was affecting my life started to affect my personal life as well which obviously is not ideal I didn't want like a job to affect my relationships and things so I I realized that I needed to get out of that career um and then I just sort of went in, I just had to go back to basics. What am I going to do? Like, you know, I was even considering, I just work in Sainsbury's, you know, just anything just to, just yeah. to get out of it. Um, but no, I went, I went into a grad scheme, like not grad scheme, a grad level job in a digital marketing agency in London. Um, so I just applied for a few jobs, went in there 
And because I knew it was a job. So my partner and I had gone to Mexico on holiday and sparked we had such a great time that sparked like a sort of travel thing in us and we were like right we actually want to like travel together at some point soon and he already had a job where he could do it from home and therefore could have like eventually done it remotely and I I wasn't in that position so I was like right I need to get into that same position so we can go traveling together and work along the way so I went into the digital marketing agency knowing that that was a skill that um would be sort of relatable and like you can transfer it into the into the remote working world and I, and I worked there for nearly two years I think it was and I progressed really quickly actually it was great I became like a, an account lead and I gained a huge amount of experience I absolutely loved my time there I'm sure you can imagine like work, as you know actually working in an agency you learn a lot about the working world agency is a very specific type of of life and it is really fun um and then I just it the sort of the time came where I felt like I'd learned probably as much as I needed or could learn to then get a remote job and I just started like applying 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 to as as many um sort of juicy looking remote um jobs as possible so I there's a few um like specific remote job websites which you can which list jobs to do with like digital marketing copy editing development everything that's really sort of works well in the remote world and I just spent I think it was nearly six months actually that I you know spent a lot of my free time looking on there applying to jobs I must have applied for at least 30 or 40 jobs you know done did all the application tasks and and that kind of thing and eventually after about six months of emailing and doing interviews and all this um I eventually got the job that I have now um and that was back in January 2017 and then since then I've just been so yeah, it was it was a huge amount in the pl- sort of like subtle planning but you know like leading myself towards this point yeah. and people just think, like, but then you needed to put these steps in place to go up to it because you kind of yeah. like I feel like there's something that I really love about life and that's traveling with my partner so in order to do that I had to think about what I wanted to do and then the smaller steps to get there were like I can hold down this job in London, acquire my skills and at the same time apply to these remote working sites and then see when that pays off. And then as soon as you get that, you're like, I'm off. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think people always, one thing I really sort of like really irritates me in life is when people always say that I'm so lucky and it's like, I really don't believe in luck in that sense. Obviously, you're really lucky if you win the lottery or something, but obviously you have to yeah. afford it to me anyway. But it's like, I, I'm not lucky. I've worked really, really hard to be where I am. And it was it was a huge amount of like, work that people didn't realize and it was years in the making and people think that not just me it's like other people that are like successful they suddenly start earning a load of money or whatever people think that it's just happened overnight and it's and it's really really hasn't it's been it's been years and years in the making to get to this point so yeah that really I definitely agree with you there I think people can throw the word lucky around quite easily when they're in like a stuck place in their life or maybe they don't know how to get there they feel a bit like that's such an overwhelming task I wouldn't even know where to start so I completely empathize with their position because I've been in that space where I've been like oh that person's so lucky but now having kind of gone through a lot of changes and like moved my life to where I want it to be and like being quite mobile myself um it's just like it's not I don't really believe in luck too much like a very small percentage I find like in my life is is luck or coincidence but most of the time I have to really kind of like gear gear my life towards where I want it to go and then you're like okay I see the changes happening happening 
Yeah, exactly. And I, I, I've been uh, watching a few Will Smith uh, YouTube things recently, oh, actually. Yeah. 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 yeah, love it. And you know how he's got that famous talk about how it's like you just have to decide what you want to do or what you want to... And that, that is not an easy thing to do just on its own. But it's like kind of like in your mind, if you decide... It's not that you have to decide what you want to be for your whole life, but it's like if you make these little decisions in your head, you will naturally like subconsciously start working towards them and it was just the case of I sat down one day it was when I was still working at the digital marketing agency and sat down wrote got a little notebook out wrote a few goals for myself for the year and I actually didn't look back at that at any point in that year but by the end I sort of came across it again and I think I'd done like four out of five things even though I'd never consciously looked back at that notebook or actively thought about it I think it's just if you just sit down a minute and and think about what you want to achieve even in the short term you will start working towards it in in like little ways and it would all come together and it will happen at some point for you so but I think that's also why I want to share more about remote working because people think it is so unachievable and it's really not and I think people just need that because it's even questions like, oh, but where do you find these jobs? And it's like, well, if you if you literally just search remote working job boards, you'll come across, you know, five to ten websites that but it's it's just little things like you the people need these little pushes and little bits of education to help them along the way because the yeah, that's why I want to put out the information and you know, articles about that really. Definitely. And did you find it um quite tricky? with your background in science and being a science teacher suddenly maneuvering to digital marketing how was that transition um it was no it was actually fine because I think because of the science obviously a lot of digital marketing is like analysis you're doing a lot of reporting um it was a very data-driven agency that I moved into so the analysis like the scientific analysis side of my studies really helped with that because I was naturally like sort of better at using excel you know excel for example you know like looking at numbers and analyzing the patterns and all that kind of thing was that fitted together quite nicely actually oh that's good because i think there's quite a there's i think there's that like fear or that um i guess you have that idea in your head that you won't be able to make that move i think for a lot of people especially if they're i guess mid-20s if they've established themselves in the one line of the work they're like i don't know how to make the shift but i think there's there's so many skills you can tra- can transfer it's just how you say yourself and you market yourself on paper and just knowing those links like I know science is very like technical and I need a logical mind and like digital marketing is all about that so like maybe connecting the dots before you try and make the change is like part of the planning process as well yeah exactly and I think um because it was quite funny I remember some of my sort of fellow teachers when I was teaching when I handed my notice in they're just like what do you mean you're leaving teaching like what are you gonna do it was kind of like they just resigned themselves to the fact that they were going to be a teacher forever, even though they maybe weren't, it wasn't the job of their dreams or they weren't super happy. That was like, well, I've put so many years into it and what well, what can I do now? I've, I've been a teacher for five years, but the, there's these little like barriers that we put up for ourselves and you really can, you, you, yeah, people just need more, they need to believe in themselves more and believe that like they can. Yeah, you were saying people need to just kind of believe themselves a bit more. If you could just like wrap that up, just I think we might yeah. cut off before we got to your juicy yeah. bit. <laughs> yeah, uh, people just need to believe in themselves more and realise that just because they've they've chosen a specific career straight out of like school or university, it doesn't mean that they have to do that for the rest of their life. And I know a lot of like from some personal experience and people like close friends that, you know, family and society, they feel a lot of pressure to 
you know, they can't go back on the fact that they've chosen to be a lawyer, for example, because they put, I don't know, five years of studying a whole load of money into it, but then they get the job and then they realize they're not actually very happy, but it's, your family will understand. And I think that was actually the most difficult conversations that I had with um, like close family members or like family friends. They kind of, as soon as I said, oh, I'm, you know, I'm leaving teaching and I'm going to go and and do this and blah, blah. And they're just, and they're just sort of like, what do you mean? Because obviously people of a certain age as well, they're from a different era where it was very unheard Mm -hmm. of a job and change a career, especially in like only after a couple of years, they'd sort of, what are you, what are you doing? But um, luckily my dad in particular, he's had um, a lot of different jobs in his life. And he, I think he sort of, he was more of the unconventional type of his generation. Um, so he's always been like hugely supportive of, of that I should just do what makes me happy. And if that means getting a different job and he's always been very supportive in that way. So I really appreciated that actually. That's so good having that like understanding because like you said there is that you have to really change the perceptions and kind of prove that like life is a lot more fluid and mobile like you don't have to kind of stick to a blueprint of your life and you don't have to like forge yourself and forge this life so that you had this idea in your head it's not forever like just having yeah. a non mindset is just it frees you up I think and also I think happiness now is the ultimate goal and I know it sounds really cliche and like eat pray love of me but at the same time people just don't want to go to work every day and be like kill me now why not so I think (laughs) no one's gonna like no one's gonna shoot you down if you change careers and realize you're like way happier you know playing rugby than you were being a lawyer like just just yeah like he would say (laughs) the money the money side of it I took like a pretty substantial pay drop when I left teaching and went into the grad level job because obviously grad level jobs sort of like the bare minimum especially if you're trying to live in London um but it's 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 totally worth it because within two years I'd recouped my drop in I know that doesn't happen for everyone but it it is possible I recouped the money that I'd like lost and in the meantime I'd become much happier I'd gained a whole bunch of new skills and obviously those things are hugely valuable anyway so it's totally worth it definitely did you have any other fears or any other like um things that were holding you back from making the change or were you quite clear on why and what you needed to do um no I think it was just I went through a phase of really like obviously if you just if your world your your world was sort of like changing it you kind of it is very scary because I was just like oh my god what am I gonna do (laughs) like you know what I mean it's it's very scary but I think you have to go through that you just have to go through the motions you're gonna have like unsure sort of darker days as it were and then and then you'll have ideas and you just I think it's it's always about um like executing and researching rather than just like sitting with yourself in your own mind worrying about stuff you just need to just get your laptop out or your phone out and just start researching what opportunities are out there because once you get your CV sorted you start applying to jobs that's what made me feel so much better because I was like no there's all these opportunities out there I just need to find the right one and that you know I think that it's I think people get really caught up when they're not really actually doing anything and making any sort of forward actions to try and achieve things they just sit there thinking about everything and that that does definitely does not help so I would just recommend that people start you know doing things (laughs) taking little steps towards towards their what they want to achieve and that will help their mindset as well you're so right in that because I'm someone who lives in my head so much so I have these like periods where I'm like I mean I'm in an ring what have you found the current drawbacks or like hardships of this kind of lifestyle to be remote working 
Oh, that is a good question. Um, so a lot of people think that it's it's difficult to work with, um, you know, colleagues that are all over the world. So at the moment I'm in Malaysia and I have a colleague in Singapore, so we're on the t- same time zone. The bulk of my colleagues are in Europe and then there's a few over in sort of South America, Central America way. And mm-hmm. for the most part, that's actually fine. It's just, I think you have to just accept that, Obviously, with remote work, you normally have flexible hours, especially if you're able to sort of travel and stuff. Obviously, that helps. But you just have to accept that maybe a couple of times a week, you're going to have to work until 9 or 10 p.m. because you need to have a chat with your friend in, with your colleague in Brazil, for example. And that's the only time you can catch up. So I think there's that I don't really find it a challenge, but I can imagine that some people would, especially if they're coming straight out of a nine to five job where, they're really used to working those hours of the day. It's like um, you you will have to change your hours, especially if you're working with colleagues on an international scale. Um, so yeah, that that is one thing. I to be to be fair, I don't actually find it that challenging. So I'm probably not the best person to answer that question. But I'm trying to think of what other people um, would find difficult about it. I think that the discipline thing is an issue. So it's also that. Um, you're much more, especially, so my team is quite small. There's only about 15 of us. And mm-hmm. so we're hugely responsible for our section of the company. And that means that we, we, we also try and have like a fairly flat hierarchy so that we're all sort of like the specialist in our area. We're not, we haven't really got like managers or anything like that. We're all sort of doing our own thing. And with yeah. that, comes the fact that the, the ball sort of whatever they call it the, the buck stops with you if something sort of goes a bit wrong or like you try something out it doesn't really work there's no there's no excuses there's no manager to fall back on or like it's 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 up to you but and, and with that means that you've got to spend a lot more time learning and sort of perfecting your craft than you would in like a traditional job I would say so that there, there's also that that sort of kind of added pressure but I actually really enjoy the added learning that's incorporated in my into my role now so but I know that some people really like to just you know go to work they know what they've got to do they just get their job done and then they can go home and switch off and like a remote job with flexible hours doesn't really isn't really like that so that would be a challenge for some people I think I quite like that you get the responsibility and the autonomy with it but you possibly don't have that like visible hierarchy or that visible manager you know, like you do, you are responsible. But I think sometimes if you're in like a company in an office environment and perhaps it's like a similar way of working, you'll naturally always have a hierarchy because the owners will be there or you have a kind of silent manager. So you'll probably feel that pressure more. I guess if you're free, you feel like the toss up is you're more likely to work harder and be more dedicated to a role. Perhaps if you're this way inclined than you are if someone's like looking at you or possibly watching your steps. Yeah, exactly. I feel like you there's there's not really yeah there's not that kind of like micromanagement sort of oh someone's keeping an eye on you type vibe it's just it's more that the responsibility comes with like taking ownership so we always say that people should take ownership of the task they're doing you know make sure that you are the specialist in it and you know and you can make decisions on the strategy or you know the copy that you're writing or whatever it's like it comes down to you Um, another thing I was going to actually say was that um so obviously a lot of people find a lot of um they they love their job as well because of the people that they work with and they have like sort of banter in the office and they make friends at work (laughs) so um whereas I do class a lot of my close colleagues as friends we haven't 
got we it, it took much longer to get to that point and you don't you don't get the social I don't know what the word is like social like satisfaction satisfaction is that what I mean anyway you know satisfaction yeah you get it <laughs> totally my English went out the window there um, you don't they don't you don't get that from work and it was actually one of the first things that I realized I think it was only after like a few days or a week of working like this was that oh I was like I, I I felt like I wanted to message my my sort of old friends more and my family more than I would normally, and it was because I wasn't you know chatting to people at work and I wasn't you know catching up about what I did last night or whatever you know blah blah with my work colleagues because there isn't that social aspect of it and I think a lot of people for a lot of people work is a very social thing actually and that's obviously why people that work in offices tend to be less productive than people who work remotely because a lot of the time is actually spent socializing rather than working which isn't obviously it's nice and it's good and people bond and stuff but it's 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 very different when you're working remotely and luckily we've had a few team trips and we're having one in a few weeks actually so that's really helped um, us bond as a team and I've I've started to get to know the people personally and things but it was a huge eye-opener I was like wow you can really tell that when you're in an office you're really getting the social your social needs sort of met at work and then that's why people just want to go home and chill and they just want to relax because they spent the day talking and catching up and socializing whereas now I feel like right work is work I'm just work work working and then I when I'm at home I always make an effort to go out and see my friends or my family in the evening because that is actually proper social time and it's the only proper social time that I'm actually getting yeah that's so true because I find that when I'm drawn to a job it's I'm getting that I need those social needs met to be honest so I'm drawn to like a quite a dynamic office environment but I was going to ask you about that statement you just said people tend to be more productive and how did you find that to be true and also do you not think perhaps that that social aspect of working like really face-to-face with people brings that productivity out because you have more social gelling and like cohesion I think it depends what type of work you do so obviously in if you're working on like team projects for example um you really do need the cohesion and you need to know how people work and you need to so that you can bounce ideas off each other and and I can imagine like a lot of agency work especially like design agencies and stuff and advertising agencies you really need that to come up with the best branding campaign or something like that you know whereas it at like where I work now we we are sort of quite we're fairly siloed in that we we sort of have individual roles we work on individual aspects of the project I think that of the product of the company I think that was obviously done on purpose so that we can work autonomously and it means that you don't actually need we do obviously review each other's work on occasion and we and we have like calls to discuss new think new initiatives and stuff like that but on the most part we are kind of left to our own devices to come up with ideas and 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 just work on our stuff on our own really so yeah I think it completely depends I, I don't think every company would work as a remote company because you need that you know you need the ideation sessions or you need the team like group work to to make everything like all the projects work like cohesively basically but 
what I'm doing now is definitely fine. To, I don't find the social aspect would add anything to it, really. I do actually find it a distraction now. I've completely gone to the other side of it where I'm like, no, don't talk to me. I want to get yeah. on with my work. <laughs> you know? I've set this eight hours productive time so that afterwards yeah. I can have full on like social time. Like you're yeah. very productive in terms of like dividing your time between like work and leisure now. <laughs> yeah I feel like I was I really want to write something about this because I, I was talking to a friend about it yesterday actually I feel like I got to a point where I was actually going overboard and in like in the morning I'd wake up and I'd sort of have my day planned out hour by hour right this you know eight till twelve I'm gonna work and then I'm gonna yeah, it was like the whole day was planned out um now I've sort of relaxed on myself a little bit and I don't I think because I got to a point where I'd, I'd have like a deadline in my head like right 4 p.m I need to start working again or something like that and then something would happen or you know something would take longer than we'd be out for longer than I thought we'd be and then like oh damn it I meant to start at four and you know blah blah and it's like Emma it's fine for goodness sake like having these conversations in my head obviously so now I've kind of relaxed a little bit and I'm just like no just go with the flow a bit more things just take how long they take and you know, if, if it means I have to work a bit later into the, in the evening, that's fine. But I've obviously had done what I wanted to do in the day. So, yeah, I've kind of relaxed a little bit. But I do try and have a good morning session, try and start mm-hmm. working by eight uh, until sort of like midday lunchtime. And then I have a couple of hours break because afternoon's just not a good time for me working. And then I work sort of from four onwards for another couple of hours. So can you make your own work times essentially around your teammates and what needs to be done like per deadline? Yeah, so we just have a call every day and in the time zone that I'm in at the moment, it's at 6pm. So I really like it that's at the end of my day. So I've basically done all my work by that point. That's the only thing that we have to work around. It's like, just make sure you're on the call with everyone. And then other than that, we can kind of do what we want. I think it's it's sort of a, an unwritten rule that we need to be. So we use Slack for the majority of our communication. Oh. And I obviously have it on my phone and everything. So that like, if someone, someone can message me, even if I'm not near my laptop, I can respond and say, Oh, I'm just out at the moment. I'll get to it when I get back or whatever. Then I do put it on do not disturb after like 9 PM or something. So that I don't think, you know, get messages late in the evening because obviously that's a bit unrealistic and also I don't like waking up to loads of notifications on my phone so I actually always put I make sure my slacks doesn't like notify me until 8 a.m and I also turn my phone on airplane mode so that I wake up to like a free screen <laughs> because I find that stresses me out a lot in the morning so yeah I don't that's like so that. clever that's such a good hack to like know how to I guess, manage your devices and the device's features so that you feel more at ease with your day and your loads and like pressure. Because I think people think Slack, for anyone who doesn't know, it's like this messenger tool that is more used in professional environments, a bit like MSN. And yeah. people can contact you around the clock if you make yourself available. So I think that's, I find, and I did find that that just being always on makes you like an endless resource for a company. So it's almost mm-hmm. how to manage it and make sure it works for you. And that's really hot, I think. That's a really good yeah. tip. You have to have boundaries, like you really do. And I think I was reading a, a like an article the other day about how um, sort of it's all just getting very blurred now because we have we're so mobile. We have our phones. We can have any app like work app or emails or whatever on our phones. So it's all getting very blurred. The lines between when you should and shouldn't be available. But I think you just have to make the boundaries for yourself. And it's it's like we're all humans. Like it, surely any reasonable person is going to realise that you don't want to be messaged about work at like after nine pm at night. It's not. I, I wouldn't expect that of anyone. So uh, yeah, I just said that for myself. Yeah, that makes total sense. 
Um, so other than uh, your like hacks on mobiles, what other tips do you have for managing your discipline and making sure that you're the most productive you are in the day? Yeah, so I think, um, as I mentioned, I'm really not good at working in the afternoon. So I think you might have realized that already after if you if you're transitioning from like a office based job, for example, you'll probably yeah. have realized that maybe 3pm is not a good time for you. And that's when you like go to the coffee machine. <laughs> or you know, you're like, Oh, you look around for a little distraction or something. But you're, you're time. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's like all biscuit time tea coffee and biscuit time 3 p.m or whatever around <laughs> bit. yeah exactly. um, so I think that starts to become more clear when you're free when you're sort of free from those constraints and you can just so I realized that right I, I can work quite happily in the morning up until lunchtime and then after lunchtime I really don't want to just go straight back to work but it, it takes like a week or two to realize these patterns in yourself. And then based on that, you can then sort out your working hours so that it suits your natural like levels of tiredness or like attention span or whatever. Um, there's also a few things that we, so we use the Pomodoro technique quite a lot. I don't know if you've come across that. No, I haven't. Could you explain that? That sounds fun. Yeah, I, I'm trying, I can't remember it in t- super detail, but I'll try and remember. Sounds like, <laughs> sounds like a pasta dish. Exactly. It's actually like a tomato, I think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm getting that. I'm getting that. I think it's basically like you should work in like chunks of 20 minutes and like one task at a time. So I think it's like 20 minutes or 50 minutes. And it's basically just like one, do do one thing like, like intensely for like 20 minutes and then have a little break or like check on things and then go back and pick another task and it could be the same task or it could be like a different task and then you go back into it and I think that's just like doing one thing at a time is also uh, it, this is relevant if you're in an office space job or remote working but I think some people have like so many tabs open on their browser and I'm just like how are you like literally chaos people come over and they're like your screen I'm like yeah about that (laughs) (laughs) all these things on their desktop all these like chrome tabs open and I'm like what on earth are you doing (laughs) but I think I always like I only have the things open that I need to do to work on that specific task and I think that's just another form of discipline like it's just another way to reduce distractions because if you've got your email open you've got your slack open you've got all these other things open like you can always like save the URL and like set yourself a reminder to go back to it when you go back to the other tasks. You don't need to have like everything open. And if you can see your emails like number ticking up or something, it's obviously like, oh, who's emailed me? Who's emailed me? So it's just, yeah, just like, like shut off mm-hmm. and like. <laughs> so yeah, with so what I'm I'm responsible for one of the the company's inboxes as well and I do with that I only check it twice a day. So I check it like once in the morning. And then once um, before I log off in the evening, um, because I think email is a huge distraction for everyone. And it's, it's always a tendency to like, oh, I'll just get back to this person because they've just, and it's like, unless you're, unless it's really urgent and you're working on like a project with a super tight deadline or something, twice a day is actually perfectly adequate to email people back. It's not, you don't need to have it open all the time. Yeah, I totally get you. So other than being self-disciplined, what uh other kind of personality traits you think people need to have to kind of be a remote worker um oh personality traits I think you need to be happy um like spending time by yourself so Mm -hmm. 
see the opportunities to go to co-working spaces or cafes or things like that um but I think I'm, I'm quite happy just working you know at a table with my laptop and you know got my headphones or whatever I'm perfectly fine spending a large majority of my time like that I, I don't find it an issue at all whereas people yeah some people feel like they need and obviously it comes with the social thing as well but some people also have people around them and that but you just got so I think that's the thing you just got to figure out where the which working environment works for you best is it at home at your table or is it the fact that you want to like pay a you know monthly fee to have a hot desk at a co-working space or something and then you can go and sit around other people that do remote work or they're entrepreneurs or something and then you actually have that vibe around you of oh other people are working it's not the same thing as me but at least I'm in this working place you know yeah like a false community like you feel like you're part of something I think that sense of belonging will probably some people would probably crave that so it's just like find a community of like-minded individuals I guess wherever you are if you feel like that suits you best yeah and obviously it's a great opportunity to meet other people as well I I I find I need to I do need to scope out more of these places in the different places that we end up sort of staying but it's just because I I don't mind working at home so I don't feel the need to go and like hunt these places down and also because my partner works in a similar way to me we also we don't really talk to each other during the day when we're working but at least we have that other person there just it's just it is a nice comforting thing to know that someone else is working like near you so I I do like that yeah I totally get you I think it would be the the experience would be a lot more different if you were just solely alone it'd be quite like I need to find my communities elsewhere like you'd probably have to go and like join clubs especially if you're like moving around countries as well like your roots will be completely uprooted all the time so it's kind of like having like having a, a rock or some sense of I guess a foundation in your life in some area of it whether it's like a partner or I guess work I think that's why people find it's so daunting to remote work because they just see it as like everything has changed but you just have to find your rock somewhere in your life I guess yeah exactly. no I completely agree and I think that's what he is for me he's kind of like my stability kind of thing because obviously he's always there when we're moving around it's not that we stay in the same place or anything but yeah I think I think that's kind of like you know it's cheesy when people say oh they're my home or whatever <laughs> but it's like yeah but you do feel like it doesn't actually have to be a place it can be like a person or a dog or like something yeah exactly and it, um, there's nothing wrong with it like there's nothing wrong with it as like humans we kind of have to have that otherwise like we're just completely in this chaos yeah yeah exactly Uh, but yeah actually based on that I think you also have to be like quite headstrong and like um like fairly obviously not not boasting with confidence or anything but it's kind of like you need to be able to have difficult conversations with people because the amount of you also have to know when to like pick your battles and and try and explain to certain people what you're doing and why it works and then just sort of not dumb it down but you know just like oh you know I just do this and and just sort of simplify it a bit because you'll have endless conversations with people about what you're doing oh how does that work oh I didn't think you could oh look and it's just like quite like repetitive conversations like that and people Mm. I think someone that's maybe not so sort of confident that, that, that this is the right lifestyle for them or they can do it they might sort of end up you like sort of feeling a bit doubtful about whether it's why why are they actually doing it and is it the right thing for them and or why am I being am I being too unconventional or you know what I mean so I think you have to be quite comfortable in your decisions and and able to have those kind of conversations on a fairly regular basis because that's what I've experienced 
So generally like kind of being grounded in like your decisions and why you've chosen this lifestyle and comfortable kind of conveying that and just knowing your why, I guess. Because I think that's a really big part of my podcast is I, I kind of want to, because it's taking me so long to discover my why, like why am I doing things? Because if you don't have that why, you find it really hard to kind of get through things and make decisions on what your life kind of wants to look like or what you want your life to look like. So yeah, I think that's a really valuable point. Yeah. I think because and you just you're just gonna have to accept that I, I've also like learned a lot about who obviously you, it naturally happens in life wherever you are but I think I've really learned who my real long-term friends are going to be from this process because you it's just another level of where you I feel like there's certain people that I really just cannot relate to anymore they don't understand what I'm doing how it's possible like why I'm doing it, anything and we've just really drifted like massively apart even more so than I, when I was in London so I think mm-hmm. it's and it's those kind of people it's I, I've been through the motions of like oh should I like make the effort to stay in contact and blah blah but then what do I even have to talk to them about and you know all these kind of things it's, it's been really difficult at points because you just you know you have that historic like oh but I've been friends with them since I was like 12 or something but it's like no but it's all right like life changes our situations are vastly different now we're still going to have that like history but it's not we're not like the closest of friends anymore you know yeah, I think, again, that ladders back to just having that comfort and that sense of security and knowing that this is what my life, I wanted my life to look like. And then eventually when it gets to like the point where you realise it's not right anymore, like you just have to accept the change, like stop holding on yeah. to what you're, you thought you'd be a lawyer with these friends in your life for like 40 years, like yeah. things change and you'll meet new people and that's like, and they might be even better for you at the time. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's why, and even through Instagram, like I've, I've met people through Instagram and everything and it's like there are so many people out there that it's like and it's the same with with the remote working stuff so if you if you like start a company that's not location based you can actually search for talent like on an international scale and that theoretically means that you'll find better employees or colleagues than you would if you just were searching in like London for example so it's the same with like finding friends and people that you can relate to when you're moving around and you're not tied to a location it, it frees up that sort of of thing where you can find people that you can relate to and they might be from Australia or they might be from Malaysia or they might they could be from anywhere but it's the fact that you're moving around your your brain is sort of freed up you're sort of entering this new space where you don't just think in the confines of like England and then it's like no there's so many other people out there that I just haven't met yet that I'm probably I could be like amazing friends with will relate on so many levels I just haven't you know had the had the opportunity to meet them yet so that that's also been amazing that I'm just trying to find more people that I can relate to and that are living a similar lifestyle funnily enough I actually haven't come across that many people at all that are living the same lifestyle that I am um which I find quite interesting I don't know where to find these people but I need to, need to have more down um a lot of people are traveling but not working um so yeah I'm just, but anyway it's 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 really interesting and I'm just it's it's amazing to see who else is out there and what journeys they're on and all that kind of thing do you find it do you find it hard to like find authentic connections because you've been moving around so much in the last two years since you've like taken this lifestyle on like how do you get your nourishment from like connection and like friends and family and how often do you go back home to kind of get that fix or uh do you find that your your I guess your relationships now become more digital like is that something that is niggling you are you quite comfortable just waiting to see what happens like yeah what's the authentic connection situation 
Um, so like where we are at the moment in Malaysia, so my, my partner's playing football in like the locations that we're, that we predominantly stayed in. And we've actually met quite a few people through that, which has been awesome, especially here in Malaysia. And we've actually met a few couples. So one couple's from the north of England. They are English, actually. One of them's Scottish. Um, and he's got like an American girlfriend. So we've made good friends, actually, through his football connections, which has been amazing. But otherwise, it has, uh, my, my sort of connections with my family and my friends have, have become more digital. But obviously, it, I, I always compare it to the fact that I went traveling when I was like 18, 19, and we didn't have smartphones. Like, smartphones weren't a thing then. Like, the internet was like, no, you have to go to like an internet cafe and log on and pay and everything. So oh I can always compare, yeah, I compare it to that when I was like, well, I literally didn't, I spoke to my mum once a week on a Sunday. She would always call me because she bought me like an international SIM card or something. And it's like, that was so cut off. And I always compare it to that because it's like now I can just, I have like sort of even daily contact with my family and friends on WhatsApp. We have video calls. And I think video calls, because I'm used to that with work. So with work, we have video calls as well. I find that I've really got used to that method of communication, whether that's a sad thing or not, I don't know. But I feel like video calls <laughs> really, because obviously you can see their face, you can see their reactions. You, It's much better than having a phone call or just like sending like a WhatsApp or something. Um, and then we've been going home fairly be- regularly. So I think probably on average, like once every three months. So oh, we've been quite Yeah, okay. Yeah, there's been certain things, you know, people are getting married or there's like other other things that I've actually wanted to go home for. Other things, obviously, like the visa situation. So Malaysia um, yeah. have like a 90-day visa, so you have to leave and all that kind of thing. So there's been there's been reasons for us to go home that that frequently um so that means that we always catch up I have like a manic time every time I go home and every time I say well I'm not going to plan as many like meetups and stuff but it always happens but it's you know it's it's and I'm actually super excited to go home again in in a couple of weeks time to see everyone and I've got like you know a wedding and I've got other things like with my friends to go to so that'd be really great awesome I think that having that is so vital because I've noticed when I've moved like abroad when I moved to Australia I found it so hard to relocate there because I was like I'm not seeing my friends and family um the ones I really really truly care about like obviously I made loads of friends when I was there but at the end of the day the ones like my family are home so I was like I just want them nearer but it became like minimum 24 hour flight at that time so I just couldn't see myself living out there so I did what I think nine or ten months without seeing them and then I was like that is just too long so this time when I've moved to Vancouver I'm like right, I moved in April, I'm going to go back in Christmas and then I'll see when I next need to and just accept that I need them in my life rather than just yeah. planning this big adventure and be like, see you sometime, never, bye. Yeah. <laughs> Not realistic, you know, when you're like a teenager, you're like, yeah, I don't need these people, blah, blah. But it's like, no, you do actually. <laughs> you know, it's yeah, like, you do. You do. and I think that's what, like me and my partner always talk about that, saying how like, we wish we could just bring our close family and friends along with us on the journey because it is the only thing that's missing. Like we have a much better standard of life and quality of life in places like Malaysia because um, it's just much nicer here and the, like everything's just better, but you don't have the people and it's like, that's the only thing that's missing. But I think you have to, we, I've gone past that point now, but you have to accept that, you can tell people as many times as you want come visit me come visit me come see what it's like you could get a job here blah 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 and they will not do it unless they really want to do it and you just need you just need to stop wasting your breath after a certain amount of time because you can't bring everyone along like they just 
they they're not in the right frame of mind they're not it, it's not necessarily anything they actually want to do anyway and it's yeah so you just have to accept that you can't bring everyone along you will have to go home and you you just it really does make you realize how many who is actually important to you in your life and therefore you then prioritize them and um also another thing so it's another it's just another like cost I guess of living like this is that I've in a like a financial sense I've I've just like accepted that things are going to be a bit more expensive like going home I don't want to miss any of my friends weddings for example but if I want to and everything that means that I am just going to have to you know suck up the cost of flying home to then go to that wedding do you know what I mean but it's just but I've accepted it because I don't want to miss my friend's wedding and I want to also live like this so there's you know there's extra costs like that but that's also fine yeah and also you can't have your cake and eat it life there's always going to be a drawback so that's the only thing so that's like and money's money like you can get it again everything else is kind of like yeah that's more more valuable I'd say Absolutely, yeah. Because I was just, I was having that sort of conversation in my head the other day, but I'm thinking, no, for goodness sake, like you, you, it is just money. I, I really am not driven by money or anything, but I think it's just like a natural thing to say, oh yeah, but that costs that much and blah, blah, blah. But it's like, no, but my friend's getting married once, like theoretically. So it's like, I'm not obviously not going to miss that. So yeah. Yeah, I totally get you. I always have this internal battle with my head because I'm like, oh, that costs like a thousand bucks to go one way. But then I'm thinking it's for that one thing you really want to be there for. So stop yeah. this little niggle of like weighing yeah, exactly. up how much it costs. It's it's like, the minute you pay for it, you'll forget about it anyway. So whatever. Amen. And do you see yourself going back and like rooting down in England anytime soon? I was going to ask this because you seem like you're having so much fun and you've managed to get, get to a place where you're like, I can go back. When are you going to stop? Do you think you'll stop? I I really have like no idea so um yeah I mean we, we do talk about this but I so I don't know have you come across the bucket list family on Instagram I've heard of them oh I've heard yeah. of like the bucket list couple or something but yeah go on yeah, bucket list family so they're basically they're my ultimate life goals at the moment because they're just like traveling around they've got like three children under seven or something and they're just like the little baby's been to like 25 countries already or something I'm like what the hell Insta baby um that is not obviously not to necessarily put pictures of my children all over Instagram but like I, I think that's that's my goal is to have like worldly children as it were so that they've kind of you know, they've, they've lived to different places. They they know that, like, people are from different cultures. They have different skin colours. They have different blah, blah. I really want them to have that from a young age. So I, I really don't see myself setting in England, that's for sure. I don't know if we will settle somewhere else. We really, it's sort of very open uh, at the moment. So <laughs> we'll see what happens there. Just flowing with it. Sounds great. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. How do you... How do you decide where you want to go and how long for each time you make a new move? And like, what's your ideal length of time in a place? Um, we are like super, super last minute. Um, so we actually tend to book flights within like one or two weeks of going somewhere, which like drives my mum insane. <laughs> she, what do you mean you're going again? <laughs> yeah, we're just I going like that. Week or something. That's um, great. Yeah. Um, so as, as I said, like my partner's playing football and, and, and doing stuff like that. So he, he researches a lot of places in the football scene and things. So that, that dictates a lot of it at the moment. Um, and then it'll just depend on the visa situation and 
the the because the, you know like the weather so like some places have like monsoon seasons so obviously we try and avoid that and yeah. and whatever but yeah we we are very very much largely go with the flow and we really never book that things that far in advance unless we have to so like when you come to Malaysia you have to have an exit flight so we always book a return for about two and a half months time or something so we've done that I think two or three times now um and then obviously Europe you don't have that issue uh until maybe Brexit happens so uh, yeah. we can say yeah <laughs> for about six months last year um but yeah we do just go with whatever which is quite but fun. when you say re- when you say return to Malaysia like return to where oh to London yeah okay yeah okay that makes sense yeah and then obviously that gives us a chance to catch up with family and stuff uh, in the in between oh, okay so you always have like within a few months you always have like London pinned into your plans you're not like I'm gonna go from Peru to then to go to like Singapore then to go to Hawaii like you've always got like a return kind of with England involved kind of thing yeah m- most of the time we've done that yeah just because yeah as I said we've had like weddings or like other things at home and then the visa yeah. situation you kind of need that exit flight so um yeah we haven't done like continuous travel it's kind of been like oh we'll go there for like two or three months then we'll come back and then we'll go there but in between we've had like maybe between two weeks and a month back at home each time um yeah so that seems to have worked quite well okay that makes sense um and so how do you think working remotely has changed you as a person and I know you said it's like helped you heaps in terms of skills and like quality of life in terms of like the professional side of things yeah how do you think you've changed on a personal level and like have how have you what have you achieved in your personal life that you think you're you know you're super proud of oh that is like super deep question <laughs> all right I love the deep ones um, how have I changed oh um I think I'm like a lot happier than I was I think I've got got progressively happier since I left teaching went into the agency and now I'm like free roaming around the world working like that which is awesome um I think I've probably become like more confident in my abilities and my um like what I can do at work and outside of work just because simply because of the fact that I've tried a whole bunch of new stuff so I so you know you sort of step out we call it like sweaty palm moment you know and you like step out of your comfort zone you're doing something that you've like never done before and you're like that's a great thing using that Um, so I feel like I've gone through quite a lot of those moments um which meant means that but obviously the more you do it the more comfortable you get and I mean for example the first time that I sent a newsletter out we had like I don't know 60,000 subscribers or something and then I was like oh my god I was literally like shitting myself like ah what if there's a spelling mistake you know and I was like oh I checked like a million times got like someone to check it for me and all this whereas now our subscribers have gone up and I now just I'm confident that I, my triple checking is sufficient, you know, it's not, and I haven't had any issues in that regard. So, and then it's also like interviewing people, like having calls to people from like all corners of the world and all these, all these other things. I now also, so I came in from a marketing, from the digital marketing side of things, but I've also now my roles changed so that I now do a split between that and also editorial work based on my educational background as well. I now like help develop and review the courses that we create. So now, and I, I never would have imagined, Oh, I'm going to be like, you know, making 
course material or something you know where it's just but the, I, I feel like I've, I've been privileged to a lot like having a lot of new opportunities and that's led me but also it's again I've had to be like courageous enough to be like no yeah I am gonna try that or I am gonna give that a go you know or, or like volunteer myself to do that I mean up, like soon we, we're gonna run some webinars and I, I sort of ended up volunteering myself to be the host of the webinar <laughs> oh my god amazing can I watch myself yeah absolutely but I was just Wally like why why are you volunteering for that but um yeah but I think so that I've I really I've I've realized that I that I can do a lot more than I originally thought and also I never had it in my I don't know if it was like a thing from growing up or whatever I don't I never really felt like I wanted to like work for myself or have my own thing going on but like since getting this job I have really felt and that's actually how like this nomad emma thing came out so i've got like my instagram and my blog and everything and it's like that's actually come out of this lifestyle because that it didn't exist beforehand and i didn't feel like i even wanted to do my own thing but i feel like now i'm like slowly slowly maybe creeping towards that direction um because because of the extra freedom and like mindset that i've had because of working this way so making you a lot more headstrong and entrepreneurial and just jumping in more to things and being like, why not? I can do it. Prove to myself I can. Yeah, because I think it's I think the, the, a really, really big life lesson that I learned throughout this whole process was that you've always just got to think, what's the worst that's going to happen? And like whatever your brain's telling you, because like the reason why you're so scared or anxious or whatever, it's, it's, it's probably a ra- an irrational thought. And it's like, that's never going to happen. Like the worst thing, even when I left teaching, I was like, right, what's the actual worst that can happen? I've got a bit of money. I can stay living in London for a few more months and keep applying for jobs even after I've stopped getting salary. And then what, what else could happen? Okay, I move back home. I stay with my mum. Like, obviously not everyone has that um, has that there, but I, I luckily did have that to fall back on. But it's like when you start breaking it down and thinking rationally, like what is the worst that could happen from trying this new thing or taking up this new situation, then you realise it really isn't that bad and like the world's not going to fall apart if it doesn't work. And if all else fails, just revert back to what you were doing before. <laughs> like that's yeah, exactly. it. That's it. I totally agree with you. Like the worst that can happen, it's just your brain telling you, no, you can't. But you're like, well, I can. And I just need to break it down. So yeah, Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Do you have any life mantras or like philosophies that you live by, like a quote or anything? I know that's so Pinterest of me, but like, I love (laughs) asking, I love asking people that I respect and do like such different things from the status quo. Like what's the thing that drives you? Do you have like a, a, like a thought? Um... I'll, I'll, mate, I'll try and think of that while I say this, but um, I think I also, I've, I really have started to believe quite a lot in like the law of attraction. I know it's not a saying, but it's kind of like a mindset, whatever. Um, yeah. Whereas you, you kind of like, things will happen if you like, if you can see yourself, if you constantly like see yourself there or like, you know, I think I really do believe in that. And there's a few examples from like people that I know where they really, you know, I am going to get this, I am going to get this job or I am going to get this opportunity, blah, 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 blah. And like all these weird things have happened to them on the way to that job or the way to that opportunity, but they've actually still got it. And they, they truly believe that it's because they envision themselves being there 
so many times up leading up to that point that even though these weird hurdles got in the way and everything they still managed to achieve it so I think that it's and it's, it goes back to that Will Smith thing obviously of like once you sort of decide something just spend the time thinking what it's going to be like um so I read a book by oh let me remember what it's called it's by Jen Sincero and it's I, called, I read that I read that yeah. recently because you are a badass oh my god it literally honestly that book I would recommend it to anyone that you are badass stop doubting yourself or something like that it was like I read it and I was like this woman like totally knows what she's talking about and I just felt so empowered after reading it that I was like yeah I'm gonna do this and I'm gonna do this and you know blah blah and I was just like no this it it's true everything is like in your mind and you really just have to work out when your mind's like telling you like nonsense and when you just need to like take a more rational view of things and sit down and think no I am going to achieve this this is this is what I want and then just start as I said taking steps toward it towards it rather than spending all the time in your head like worrying about what could go wrong I totally agree and that I felt exactly the same reading that book Jen Sincero I felt a bit like oh no I've joined the like the cult of like self-help books but at the same time yeah, I was like, I've got a bittersweet experience. Like, she is so knowledgeable and she breaks down, like, how your internal mind works, which I think is so comforting for everyone because you're like, oh, she's been there too. And, like, it's just myself holding myself back. But at the mm-hmm. same time, there's a bit of me that's like, um, I just hate subscribing to, like, this one-size-fits-all. Like, improve yourself and just follow these steps yeah. kind of thing. But, but, again, if it provides you comfort, comfort, then why not? So, I like, I agree. I kind of said the same to some of my friends. And my friend I'm living with now in Vancouver is reading it. And I was like, this is weird. Everything, everyone in my life now is reading this book at the same yeah. time. And here you are. Yeah, exactly. I'm another one. <laughs> yeah, I, I really – yeah, that, that actually was – I think that book – was the like turning point for me then starting my blog and everything because I re- it just gave me that last little bit of like no go on Emma you can do this and like why are you not doing it like for goodness sake kind of thing um just making up excuses you know there's always excuses in life and you just need to sort of like brush them aside and just get on with it and I actually took it one step further and read The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle which is obviously like oh, super, like guru spiritual stuff it was yeah very intense but I I remember it it, that also was quite I felt actually like since living abroad and not having so much like social interaction like on a regular basis and like my days aren't so full of stuff now and I thought my brain is so much freer to like think about things and I actually started remembering things from like years ago that I haven't thought about for like 10 years I'm like why am I even remembering this but I feel like my brain's like freeing up but I think it's also after reading that book as well it's also living this kind of lifestyle really does make you live in the now, especially because we're so last minute with our plans. It's kind of like we have, we don't think too much ahead of ourselves. I don't really think about what I'm doing next week or even like tomorrow because I'm just focused on scheduling today, you know, getting my stuff done, blah, blah, blah. So yeah, I, yeah, I would also recommend that as well. A bit more of an intense read though. I love that. I love that you've wrapped it up at the perfect time to be like just living more in the present because you like you feel so much and you remember so much. And it's just like your life's so much more enriching by giving yourself that time and that freedom. Yeah, that's amazing. My my brain, I was trying to explain to my friend that like my brain feels like it's like 
sort of floating a bit more you know when you're in London or in like a big city you're commuting every day you're rushing around everyone's stressy everyone's grumpy blah 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 there's all this crap going on and then like now I'm like oh I'm just like you know I'm in Malaysia I'm like floating around you know it's I feel feel like lighter yeah it's amazing really I totally get you your brain has to process less throughout the day like and also you're less in habit mode I imagine because like you're in default mode when you're in London routine or city routine whereas like and your brain's like you know clogging computing all those things and like all the silent noise around but now you're like I literally wake up and there's what I have to do today and the the new environment around me so I think there's a lot more wonder in your lifestyle I would imagine yeah and obviously yeah, when you go to a new place, you can't have any expectations and you don't know what it's going to be like and everything. So you actually have to experience it right there and then because, well, yeah, you just have to because you're in a new place. So new places will do that to you. I think that it's a huge plus of traveling and exploring. Yeah, the big refresher. Amazing. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for your time, Emma. That was super, super good. And I really want to like plug you. So please, can you let people know where they can find you? Like blog, Instagram. Yeah, sure. So my Instagram is nomad.emma. Um, and I'm also on Twitter at nomademma without the dot. Um, and then my my blog is just nomademma.com. Amazing. I searched you and I was like, uh-oh, there's different Emmas and nomads, but in different I orders. So I was like, why is someone taking her name? I need to find her. <laughs> no, Nomad Emma is, is the right one. Yeah. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for your time. I can't wait to publish this episode. I'm so looking forward to it. My first podcast, amazing. Another thing ticked off the list. Thank you so much for listening to mine and Emma's conversation. She was a great guest to have on and she was so eloquent. I hope you had a really good time listening. If you did enjoy this episode and do like the work series, please check out my former episode, which is called Finding a Job You Love. I've also got one coming up on productivity next week. So again, stay tuned. Subscribe on any channel you get your podcast. I would be uber grateful. That's Spotify, Google Podcasts, Acast, iTunes, forward slash Apple, um, Anchor, CastBox, you name it. Search Brand Mind Body Podcast. Please subscribe, give me a rating, let me know your thoughts. And if you want to become a guest, send me a message on Instagram. I'm at A underscore blanks. That's B-L-A-N-X. And shoot me a DM. Lots of love.